0: episode of season 1. We honestly can't mm-hmm. believe we're already here. I know. I'm Simina and I'm Jen, and Daring Faith is a podcast where we empower the everyday Jesus-loving guys and gals to be bold, to be different, to be set apart, living defined by Christ for a purpose and for such a time as this. So today we are joined by a guest who collabed with us in our last two episodes, but we're so happy to hear from him again, Eddie Spengler. Hey Eddie, how are you?
1: Hey girls, doing all right. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. It's very good. So to conclude season one, we really wanted to address uh, a topic, which is something our churches seem to all really pursue to one extent or another, and that is unity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we're really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So let's dive right in.
2: Um, Okay. So for the first question, what is unity and is it something we should strive for?
1: Yeah, no, great question. Um... The thing with unity is I think that we have a misconception about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, often we'll, we'll have conversations with people. We'll talk about unity. Like unity is automatically by default, a righteous word, a Christian word, a, mm-hmm. a holy word. Mm-hmm. And unity is not a righteous word. It's not a Christian word. It's not a holy word. Unity is amoral. Unity is mm-hmm. is uh, simply defining that things are coming together. Mm-hmm. What really, mm-hmm. you know, defines, whether or not it's good or bad is what are those things that are coming together? You know, when people had accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Satan, by the power of Belzebub, his response was a house divided cannot stand, meaning that the enemy's kingdom is not divided. They are united. Mm. And so, you know, you can have unity between the, you know, the devil and all of the demons, right? Does that make it holy? Of course not. So unity is just the methodology or just the, the, the description of what's happening. But the actual content of what's being united is what defines unity to be good or not. And so I like the the uh, title of uh, this week's episode, you know, being unity in Christ, because mm-hmm. that's what makes all of the difference. Right. It's a coming together in Jesus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, unity is, is very much um, in a moral word, but unity in Christ is what makes all of the difference to the conversation that we're having. Makes
0: sense. So the opposite of unity is division. And how can we steer clear of that within the church?
1: So, and I think this is really important to understand. um, Sometimes we have a really elementary definition by looking at opposites. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we look at antonyms sometimes, and we go, you know, the opposite of unity is disunity or division, right? Mm-hmm. Or the opposite mm-hmm. of, actually, I heard a sermon recently by a guy in our church, Dario, uh, this Wednesday, and he had a great, great message um, talking uh, out of Proverbs about the poor. And he was mm-hmm. saying, we think um, that, you know, whenever we're talking about, you know, uh, there not being any poor people in the church, that that means that we'll be rich people in the church. Not poor doesn't mean rich. It just means not poor, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then the thing with with unity is kind of along the same lines where we make a mistake into thinking that, you know, it's either unity or division. Mm. And the reality is, is that you can have unity and just miss the mark. Mm. You can be united in our version of God's will and not united in God's will. Mm. Well-intentioned, but the wrong direction. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. You know, we talk about discernment, right? Mm. And, and uh, we think that, you know, Discernment is to be able to discern between good and evil, or to be able to discern between truth and a lie. Yeah. That's pretty easy to do if you have a blatant truth and a blatant lie. But the spirit of discernment that you know comes over us, right? In the gift of discernment, where it's really important, is not in differentiating between a truth and a lie. It's differentiating between a truth and an almost truth. Mm-hmm. It's differentiating between good and almost good. Mm-hmm. It's differentiating between unity in Christ. And unity at all costs, unity to keep the peace, unity for us to all be on the same page and nobody be upset, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's the wrong direction. Unity for the sake of unity is not necessarily righteous. Unity in Christ is. Mm-hmm. And so in order to gain unity in Christ, what we have to do is back to, you know, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, where Jesus says, if anyone seeks to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. We can't follow until we deny So everybody's got to, you know, we all have to come together and let go of our opinions, let go of our pride, you know, check our emotional baggage at the door, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of come together and let everything go. And in humbleness in humility, not in pride, not in ego, not in our own names or images or ideas, but submit ourselves before the Lord and say, God, you know, whatever it is that you desire, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And if everybody is on the same page, united in that kind of pursuit of the Lord, Mm -hmm. we'll naturally come to the same conclusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's the Lord that leads.
2: Yeah. Um, so what do you believe is hindering us from being united between our own generation and with other generations?
1: Right. Um, there's there's a lot of things that are hindering us in uh, unity between the generations. Um, and it's in both sides. Whenever there is disunity between the generations, it really is on, on both sides. And I, I think that we make a mistake when we have an either-or mentality, mm-hmm. either the older generation or the younger generation. Yeah. And I think when we pit the two sides against one another, then what we're doing is we're trying to find some sort of middle ground that they can both join each other on. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me give you an example. Um, let's say that I say that the sky is green. Mm-hmm. And let's say, Simina, that you say that the sky is blue and Genesis says that the sky is red because she's really colorblind, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so the truth is that Simina is correct. The sky is blue. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to make unity mm-hmm. between us for the sake of unity, not for the sake of Christ, uh-huh. not for the sake of truth, yeah. then what we'll do is we'll have some sort of an amalgamation of the three of us. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come together and we'll say it's kind of a a turquoise orange-ish because that's what fits between all three of us. Now, all three of us will be satisfied in the moment that all of us, you know, we were involved in this process. And, you know, all three of us have had, you know, we're somewhat happy, but none of us are really fully happy Mm because nobody got it exactly their way. But the truth is that the sky is blue. Mm -hmm. It can only be one thing. And so, at the end of the day, what ends up happening between the generations is, I think that we make a mistake where we think, "Well, what's a good middle ground mm-hmm. that we can put there so that way there can be no, uh, you know, division between one generation and another?" Yeah. And the real question needs to be, "What does Jesus want?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if what Jesus wants is exactly what the older generation wants, then I need to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if what Jesus wants is exactly what the younger generation wants, then the older generation needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reality is, is that it 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 is some whatever God's desire is for our church, I genuinely believe is something that'll fully minister to the older, the younger, the grandparents, the grandchildren, where everybody can find a seat at the table, where everybody's being fed spiritually, where everybody's investing spiritually, where everybody's being discipled and mentored and and is you know hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now, what does that process look like? That really depends on whether or not we're willing to come before the Lord and to say, God, whatever you want at any cost, we're willing to do. Yeah. And so where we have this differentiations between the generations, the smartest thing that I would advise anybody to do is to pray, hear from the Lord and do what he says. Mm-hmm. You know, often I find myself praying and I go, God, you know, where I'll have a disagreement with maybe something that's happening in a church or maybe the way that something is, is playing out or a weekend and the way that it's developing. I'll sit there and, I, and I'll find myself praying and I'll say, Lord, you know, please change the situation and please change you know uh, whoever you need to change, including me. I'm not off the chopping block. Yeah. you know God, it, it, if I'm wrong, please change me. If I'm too stubborn to see it, then please remove me, even if it hurts. because ultimately it's not my pride or my desire or my will that needs to be fulfilled. It's God's. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I think the most important thing needs to be is as as far as you know healing the generations or the generational divide. I think we have to pursue what it is that God wants for us individually, and then secondly, the other thing that I think that's important is to understand. You know, there's this there's this great book um, called How We Love, and I, I think it's by Cain um, Milan Yurgovich, if I'm not mistaken, um, and it just talks about the way that we love and the way that we understand love mm-hmm. comes from the way that we first understood love as children. Mm-hmm. And understanding the way that, like, for example, I grew up being an avoider because I grew up uh, avoiding feelings and emotions because I grew up being told it was bad to cry as a boy. It was bad to write. And so I had understood as a boy that emotions are bad. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to bury all of this. And so, you know, when my wife and I got married, you know, she'd want to talk to me about different things, you know, emotionally. And I'm like, what do you, this is bad. We're not supposed to talk about this. Like, this is not, which is silly now, you know, looking yeah. back on it, um, But when she understood my childhood and the experiences that I had, it gave her a tremendous amount of grace with me Mm -hmm. because she didn't see me as some cold avoider of emotions. She Mm -hmm. saw me as somebody who, you know, she still saw me as as that little boy who was told don't cry. You're not allowed to cry. Boys need to be tough and Mm -hmm. et cetera. And she had a tremendous amount of grace with me. You know, as the younger generation, you know, uh, of Romanian Americans, as I look at my parents' generation. My, my dad, uh, when he was a kid, he was a shepherd on on the hills near Bistritsa. Like, that's how he grew up. His goal in life was to be a shepherd, right? My mom had spent a portion of her life growing up in an orphanage. Mm-hmm. When I look, you know, at them and, and uh, at the parenting style that they had, I have a tremendous amount of grace over them because I understand, you know, where they came from. I understand, you know, the hardships of communism. I understand coming to a country where you don't know anybody and struggling and fighting and and, and earning every last inch that they gained. Mm-hmm. And when I look at them from that perspective, I'm not sitting here and going, why isn't anybody meeting my needs? Yeah. I'm looking at them going, I respect you for how far you've come. That's amazing. And at the same time, you know, the older generation is looking at us and doesn't understand us. But if we can work at, at trying to not just hear what a person's saying, but hear their heart behind their words, I think that we can really meet with people and really bridge that gap.
0: Mm-hmm. So when there's um, a little bit of difference in opinion in the church, how can we continue being united? What do we do in that situation?
1: So when there's differing opinions as far as methodology is concerned, because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Differing of opinions as far as theology is concerned, that's a different question, uh, which we can look at that as well. Mm-hmm. But um, difference of opinion in methodology What I try and understand always is why we're pursuing what we're pursuing. Um, There's this great, great uh, clip that I saw once um, from this Christian comedian, uh, Michael, Michael Jr. And uh, he's got this... um, kind of comedy act that he does where he travels around the churches and he helps lead people towards purpose. Like that's his goal. Mm -hmm. And when he's there in his comedy act, he'll stop halfway through and he just kind of engages with the audience. And there's one specific clip he's engaging with the audience and he's talking with a man who's a music director at a school and he asks the man he says okay well you know if you're a music director can you you know belt out you know the first lines of amazing grace and the man does and everything's kind of perfect it's you know he hits all the notes and it's everything's very clear and it's very technically accurate Mm -hmm. and uh uh, the music director is african-american and so is michael jr and he says, "He says, all right, um, give me the version like you grew up in the hood, like your uncle just got out of jail, and you know." And he's, he's, you know, he's using this kind of example. And he sings it really gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So when the music director sings it the second time, he sings it really gospel, and it's got, as we say in Romanian, flutichel, right? It's got all these little, you know, kind of like whoa. <laughs> he's hitting, <laughs> hitting all these different points and. And uh, you see the audience around him just erupt. They're all so excited and it's really powerful. You know, everybody's kind of laughing and enjoying it and so on. And it kind of pans back to, you know, Michael Jr. And he goes, you see, the first time I asked him, he knew what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. The second time he knew why he needed to do what I was asking him to do. And the why gave greater value to the what. Mm -hmm. And so... When we find ourselves in church and I'm having a conversation with somebody and they go, well, I think we should approach it in this method. Mm -hmm. I think we should approach it in that method. Um, My curiosity is always why, not what. Method is a what question. Mm -hmm. I'm curious why. What is the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? And I like to fully try to dissect and be introspective as much as we can to fully flesh out the why. Why? Mm -hmm. because when we have unity of purpose, then we can move forward together. When we do not have unity of purpose, we cannot move forward together. Let me give you an example. I have my cell phone here in front of me between the two of us, okay? And now let's say, you know, Jen, that I wanted to sell my cell phone, but I really wanted to rip somebody off. Like it's a, you know, let's say it's $900, but I wanted to get $1,800 for it, right? (laughs) And, you know, let's say that's my purpose Mm -hmm. in selling my phone. I just want to make a ton of money on it. And let's say your purpose is to get a fair deal, Mm -hmm. If I sell you the phone, no matter what, somebody's going to be unhappy right. because we're not united in purpose. Either I'm going to rip you off and I'm going to be happy and you're not or you're going to get a fair price. You're going to be happy. I'm not or we're going to meet someone in the middle and we'll both be not really happy, but not really somebody really what I wanted. But, you know, I yeah. accept it and I kind of went along with it and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not united in purpose, we can't move forward together in unity. And so the purpose is often defined by the why questions, Mm -hmm. right? Not the what questions, because if my goal, right, which let's just, you know, examine this for a second, let's say, you know, my goal in having, you know, the youth choir, let's say, you know, travel around and visit other churches is because it's going to grow the numbers Mm -hmm. and your goal in maybe not traveling, but you want to spend more time with the youth choir and uh, you know, have them spend more time at home and, and in prayer because you really want them to depthen their relationship with the Lord so that way they can really improve You know, the impact that happens in the church. Mm-hmm. If we're not united in purpose, our methodology is never going to match up right. because we're trying to accomplish two different goals. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, I think one thing that's tremendously important and helps a lot of people along the way is when we ask why questions and what are we trying to accomplish, it does help people come to places where I've seen often people will go, well, you know what? Maybe that's not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe the goal isn't, you know, necessarily to, you know, bolster the numbers and so on. Or, you know, hey, it's good to bolster the numbers, but why don't we do a combination of the two? Where, yeah, we'll take a trip, but first let's spend six months investing in them spiritually, because mm-hmm. it's good to get more people to attend, but we also want to make sure that they're healthy. Yeah. Great. Now you've taken your two purposes come together and united in a purpose that both purposes are still healthy. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to do one at the expense of the other. Yeah. Now, I know that, you know, the question then is, well, aren't we just meeting in the middle? It's not wrong to meet in the middle. It's it's wrong to meet in the middle and not talk to the Lord about it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. it's wrong to go, well, you know, the ultimate goal is making sure that us as people are happy because what are people going to say? Instead of asking, well, what's the Lord going to say about all of yes. this? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, if, if we can unite kind of in that purpose, then I think that that's where Um, We're able to kind of walk that out and have unity of purpose and have unity of methodology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whenever you have differing opinions, one, I'd say pray about it. Two, I would say, you know, ask the why questions. But three, and more importantly, the hierarchy of the church, scripture talks very clearly in Romans about respecting authority. Mm -hmm. The hierarchy of the church was not something invented by man. Presbyters and overseers and deacons, that's not man's idea. That's biblical terminology. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the hierarchy of the church, I think it's tremendously important to make sure that we submit to the hierarchy that is there, you know? And um, submit to it, like, let me give you an example. A mature board member, a mature board member. Let's say the three of us are on a board together, okay? And I have an opinion, and as a healthy Christian I'm sharing with you, Because integrity demands it that, hey, this is what I really believe, even Mm -hmm. though I know that you guys disagree. I really believe this. Mm -hmm. And you guys go, man, you know, I really, I I respect that, you know, but we really just feel like we're going to go in this other direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's put it to a vote. Let's say we vote on it and it passes, right? And it goes in the direction that you guys want it to go. A mature board member would say, it didn't go the way that I wanted or the way that I believe, but I'm going to fully support your idea like it was my own. Because I strongly believe that God called not me to lead the church, but us as a leadership Mm -hmm. team or me to lead this ministry or me to lead this choir or whatever, right? And so a a mature board member will fully support the idea and come alongside and say, I'm going to invest in it. I'm going to back you guys up like it was my own idea, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how we're able to move forward in a way of unity. So I I think that those are some some good approaches. Yeah,
0: and that would apply with, the members of the church as well, right? Yes. Having that like-minded vision Mm -hmm. as the leadership does and really supporting them.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that that's tremendously necessary to to the success of a church and of a community.
0: Do you want to talk about differences in opinion when it comes to from a theological point of view at all?
1: Yeah. Um, So when it comes to differences of opinion from a theological point of view, I think what's really important to understand is where God has called you to serve. Okay. I might have in the nuances, not in the major things, like I believe Jesus is the son of God, I believe that he died and he rose again, right? But in the nuances, I might have little differentiations between me and my senior pastor, for example, right? Um, or you know, in some cases, people have bigger differentiations between them and their senior pastor. They might agree on you know, uh, you know, 18 out of 20 you know, tenets of their faith, but maybe two of them they really don't agree on or something like that. Um, if God has called you to serve in a church, that has a specific belief system, your job is not to overrule that belief system. Your job is to serve in that church. Mm-hmm. Now, if God has called you as the senior pastor, as part of the leadership team, you know, that the, the, the uh, leadership team of ordained pastors of the pastoral board, you know, to be there, then God's called you to voice your opinion in those areas. But then the team leads, or the senior pastor would, you know, you know, lead in that kind of direction. If you belong to a specific church of the denomination, you have tenets of faith that are already there. So if you have theological differentiations, like for example, if God called me to serve in a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go there and preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, because I'm going to create a ton of ruckus and problems and so on. Mm -hmm. And God does do that sometimes where, you know, he'll call people to serve that, you know, maybe we're not 100% aligned in all these different details. But my job is to come alongside of those people that are already serving and to help fulfill their vision for the church. Mm -hmm. If God wanted me to be the senior pastor of my church, I would be, but he doesn't. He does not want me there. He wants my senior pastor to be the senior pastor of that church. So my role is to come behind him and to breathe life into his vision for the church, to come behind him and to say, pastor, how can I help you? How is it? What What, what is it you want me to do here? You know, if you're serving in a ministry like a, a, a choir or a youth ministry or an outreach ministry, go to your leader and say, hey, how can I help serve and fulfill the vision that you have for this ministry? what I always encourage young leaders to understand is that, look, you're not the only one that God's speaking to. And now is not the only time that God spoke. Mm -hmm. God's speaking to your senior pastor. He's speaking to the pastoral board. He's speaking to the uh, comitette members, the church administrative board members. He's speaking to other people in the church. He was speaking to people, you know, for years and years before you even came on the scene and that you're a part of what God's doing in everybody else's life, no more, no less. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, being in ministry a while now, I'll have, you know, somebody who gets saved and is really excited and says, you know what, man, we got to come in here and we got to change all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they'll sit there and they might have a burden for like, you know, we, we need more English speaking in our services or something like that. And I'll sit there and I'll look at them and I'll think to myself, man, it's, it's great that you just got here, but we've been talking about this for two decades. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, I have to remember that wherever I'm at, Okay, I've been talking about this for two decades, but there's somebody behind me that's been talking about this for five. Mm-hmm. You know, And I want to make sure that I'm honoring the people that God's been speaking to and find my place within the greater movement of what God's doing. Because I'm not the only one that God's speaking to. Yeah. And this isn't the only time that God spoke. And it would be really arrogant of me to think that I am God's gift to mankind and that God finally spoke to Eddie's friend Joe. So here comes the prophet and everybody's got to you know, listen. And get... That's such a silly mentality. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a young mentality oftentimes. And I don't mean young in age, I mean young in faith. And, you know, you learn that with time that, you know what, I, I got to come alongside what God's already doing and be a part of the greater work to breathe life into everything around me.
0: Yeah. So how then can we move past these, dif- these differences of opinion and just put these opinions aside and truly become united? And what do you do, I guess, as a follow up question, if you can't come to terms with that?
1: Great question. Yeah. Um, so what do we do to put these differences aside and and come together? There is nothing that will galvanize a people quickly and give them a united mindset like a threat. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, America is polarized between right and left ideology today, mm-hmm. right? But if China and Russia got together and invaded America, you would see America galvanized together mm-hmm. for the purpose of self-protection, mm-hmm. yeah. right? There are greater things than the things that we have going on. And so, you know, uh, you ever play that game like in third grade or fifth grade where uh, you went into the uh, uh, gym and the PE teacher had a big parachute and everybody would hang onto the end and then everybody would kind of shake it. Yeah. Does this sound familiar no. at all? No. Sorry, Simina. Your no, your childhood wasn't nearly <laughs> as cool as mine in Jen's. <laughs> so it's, it's a big round parachute and it has these like loop handles on the edges and all the kids would uh, grab onto the edges. Okay. So you have. All right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you would... You would, you know, sit there and lift it up and then, you know, close and everybody would come inside You have this giant tent and stuff. Okay. Imagine if you would, that same parachute mm-hmm. with a hundred people, you can only really hear the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. You can't really talk to the guy on the other side of the parachute because he's too far. Yeah. Everybody's talking. Everybody has opinions and everybody's trying to get the parachute to move into a different direction. Mm-hmm. You would have chaos. Yeah. That's what happens when there isn't unity of leadership. Okay. Now you could have one person that might talk louder and try to get a couple of other people to say, Hey, get the other people around you guys to, you know, shush them down and let's get everybody, everybody, everybody galvanized together. But as far as that influence goes on the other side of the parachute, there's going to be less people really paying attention and you're trying to get everybody to, okay, we're all going to move holding to this parachute, keep it taut. And we're going to move 50 feet to the left. It's a tremendous amount of work. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the room and a fire breaks out on, on the right side, No one has to talk to anybody. They're united and moving to the left. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the problem that we have, and this is where politics comes in, is that sometimes uh, politics will happen where... Um, you know, somebody will create some sort of a fire and will label something a boogeyman, whatever that thing is, to try to get the church galvanized to move in a different direction. But what it ends up doing, oftentimes, is it just polarizes the church. That's man trying to create out of our own ability a problem to galvanize the church together. Mm-hmm. When in reality, there already is a problem. It's called sin, and that should be enough of a fire to get us all wrapped around this umbrella. I mean, this this uh, uh, parachute moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So the greatest advice that I would give anybody that is in a church, anybody, is to 100% get on your hands and on your knees and start praying for your senior pastor and the leadership of your church and come behind them 100% to say, Pastor, how can I support you and the vision for this church? Uh, Pastoral board, how can I support you guys and the vision for this church? Where do you guys want me? How can I serve? to sit there and for everybody to get together and to say, okay, who is the ordained senior pastor of our church? It's that guy on this edge of the parachute. Everybody be quiet, let's all pay attention. Which direction are we moving in? We're all going 50 feet to the left because there is a fire called sin on the right. We're all going 50 feet to the left. And if we can do that together as a church, then we'll move in a right and in a healthy direction. Imagine how much we could get done if everybody wasn't fighting each other. And even if your opinion is right, if you are subverting your senior pastor, you're wrong Mm -hmm. because the reality is, is that the hierarchy God has ordained. And so at the end of the day, the greatest advice that I could give people is look, if you can believe in your senior pastor and in his vision and, 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 you know, he's obviously not, you know, preaching something that's sinful or God knows what, which I don't think that's the case in any of our Romanian churches, then, you know, submit yourself to his authority, galvanize with everybody else around you influence people around you to also come alongside of that and come underneath their umbrella and to say, where you lead, we're going to follow. You're our senior pastor. We're praying for you. We're fasting for you. Where do you want us to go? And I would bet money that you would see a, a transformational growth in your church. Now, if you can't submit to the senior leadership of your church, because you feel like there is a theological difference that's happening there. This is just my opinion, but what I believe is I believe that you either submit to your senior pastor and to the leadership of your church and help fulfill the vision that God's given them Mm -hmm. or that you quietly resign. Mm -hmm. Those are your two options. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I've always seen ministry. Um, I don't think that you do any good in... Trying to divide the base and trying to divide the church and trying to say, well, you know what, their theology is wrong, and so because of that, now we're going to sit here and we're going to pick a fight, and I'm going to build my own goshka, my own group of people that are pulling the parachute in a different direction, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to create my own influence. And oftentimes, what ends up happening is people try to do this out of their own. Uh, sometimes it's even out of out of uh, good intentions to say, well, you know, all these people are going into bad theology that you might think is bad theology, right? And you go, I, I want to rescue as many as I can. Mm-hmm. For every one person that you convince, you've automatically made five or six people bitter with the church that don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. And so for everything that you yep. gain, you've lost a lot more, mm-hmm. at least yeah. in everything that I've seen. And my church has been in through two difficult splits within four years. Wow. Yeah, and I remember being a youth and watching this whole entire process and paying very close attention to what's happening. So I can tell you, there's a lot of wounded people, mm-hmm. a lot of wounded people. And I don't think that, you know, that that makes God proud of us when we're part of that problem. So what I encourage people to do uh, you know, if you believe in your church's leadership and vision, fully submit underneath your senior pastor, come behind them and help breathe life into their vision. Yeah. And if you can't, then leave and leave quietly, leave peacefully, shake hands, be able to come back holding your head high, mm-hmm. be able to see your senior pastor, look him in the eyes, be able to see your your pastoral board, be able to come back and visit whenever you want. Yeah, yeah so that 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 would be my my advice to anybody in those situations.
0: And that's why prayer, I would say, is like yes. so, 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 so important before finding that church mm-hmm. or jumping into a church. You yeah, know, really absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, do I have the full picture? Do I know what I'm stepping into, in yeah. a sense? Yeah. yeah.
1: And at the end of the day, you absolutely. know, if you're allowing the Lord to lead you, then you're going to go somewhere with purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you're not allowing the Lord to lead you, then you're doing it based on the limited perspective that you have. Yeah. And how much can mm-hmm. you know about a church until you attend it? Mm-hmm. Not a ton. But God fully knows that church, and he fully knows you. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Eddie, this is our last question. Um, How does being united as the body of Christ affect the current day and age that we live in?
1: There is so much potential in the Romanian American church. Mm -hmm. A tremendous amount that I never knew until only several years back. Um, Growing up, I never knew about it. You know, there's a lot of really good things in the Eastern Church, which is the Romanian Church, right? Mm-hmm. We have prayer, we have community, we have worship the way that we do it. Um, we have a lot of authenticity and genuinity in our search and in our relationship with Jesus. We believe, you know, that not just, you know, we're not just, you know, praying as general good feelings, obviously, right? But we actually believe that God hears our prayers and God answers our prayers in a very literal way. Mm-hmm. Um there's also a lot of good things that the uh, Western church has, the American church, you know, where they have good structure. Uh, they respect and honor their leaders way better than we do. Um, they, they not only know what they believe, but they're very clear on it. They know why they believe what they believe. They have better uh, instruments for Bible study, for inductive, things like that. They have better uh, defined theology um, within their members and so on. They have better structure within their organization and within their actual, you know, buildings, layouts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that's, you know, good things. You know, my parents will never understand the American church as well as I do or the American community. Mm -hmm. And my children will never understand the great things of the Romanian church like I will. Mm -hmm. They never will. And so because of that, our generation has a tremendous opportunity to do something that the generation before us and the generation after us can't do to this same ability, nor has the same calling to do, which is Mm -hmm. to make ourselves available and surrendered for God to build a church that has the strengths of both sides. Mm -hmm. And that is such a huge calling. And I know that, you know, for such a time as this, I believe that our generation has been called to be able to stand in that gap and to help the church transition into whatever is next for our community here within the United States. And so what I think is is drastically important is that one, we understand God's calling in us, but two, that we stay committed to his vision for us here within the U.S. of A that we stay committed to the calling that God has for our generation and that we stay very much involved and invested within the Romanian church. Um, I know that there are people that God has, and I want to be very clear on this. Mm -hmm. I know that there are people that God has raised in the Romanian community, that he is 100% called to go to the American community and be in the American community Mm -hmm. and that they bring out of the uniqueness of our Romanian American experience, they bring something that is unique to the community that God has called them. Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt that at all. So I don't want anybody who has left the Romanian community to hear this and to think, oh, Eddie thinks that every Romanian has to be in the Romanian church. Mm-hmm. Don't think that at all. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that God has a very specific and unique purpose for the Romanian Americans in this generation. And that, uh, that purpose is very, very profound. It's very unique. And not everybody has that, that, uh, that same calling, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for what's ahead, to be perfectly honest with you guys. I'm really, really excited. I'm praying hard for leaders. I really feel like this generation needs more leaders pouring into them. I'm praying hard for whatever is next, but I genuinely believe that God has a tremendous, tremendous purpose for Romanian Americans within the United States of America. I also mentioned this because I think that this brings some clarity. Um, You know, we live in the information age. Mm -hmm. Every day you are in me and all of us, we are bombarded by things trying to grasp our attention. There's not a lack of information today, okay? And so as a minister, when I'm preaching, for somebody to watch me on YouTube, they can either watch me or Francis Chan. They can either watch me or John McArthur. They can either watch me or they can watch Matt Chan or whoever, you know, your your preferences. So as a preacher, this is who you're competing with online. Mm -hmm. And so that's not necessarily somebody I want to compete with. You know, I don't want to sit there and go, how can I preach better, you know, than Francis Chan or, you know, Billy Graham or David Wilkerson or whoever. That's not, you know, that's not really, you know, my my focus. But what's interesting is in this generation, people are more connected. They're connected with more people, but it's very shallow connections because it's all informational. There isn't the depth of relationship. This is where the Romanian American church, because we have such strong community can really have a response to the needs of this generation, where people know one another online, but they don't have actual depth of relationship. This is where community, this is where discipleship, this is where mentoring, this is where all of this, there is a very high demand and extremely low supply. And we are a community of people that don't just imagine what it could look like. We know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And we can replicate that, not just in the Romanian community, but also in the Romanian American community and in the American community. So I think yeah. that that for such a time as this, God has a tremendous calling on this generation. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap
1: things up? Just that my wife and I were really honored and privileged by you two, uh, yeah. by having the ability and and uh, just the joy of you know being together with you guys and sharing our hearts. And I'm just really excited. Um, I think that there's so much not just talent but calling in uh, your guys' generation, and I think that uh, this podcast is testimony to that.
2: We loved hearing your perspective on this and what you had to say. We hope this episode blessed and encourages you all. And together, let's become more and more united as the Church of Christ. So, this season has officially come to a close, but we are working on some really cool stuff to share with you guys soon. So, be sure to stay tuned for that. Find this uh, episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Follow our Instagram page and stay up to date with all announcements and updates. Share with us your feedback from this past season, or if you guys just want to reach out again and say hi. We love hearing from you guys.
0: Yeah, so um, guys, thanks so much for your support and
2: encouragement this season. We could not have done it without you guys. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.